worry about anything but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Thanks for joining us today. This is the Hour of Intercession. I'm Pastor Joseph Parker. We invite you to look with us in the Word of God to begin with in the book of Psalms, Psalm 112, beginning at verse 1. Praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who delights greatly in his commandments. His descendants will be mighty on earth. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches will be in his house, and his righteousness endures forever. Unto the upright there arises light in the darkness. He is gracious and full of compassion and righteous. A good man, a good man deals graciously and lends. He will guide his affairs with discretion. Surely he will never be shaken. The righteous will be in everlasting remembrance. He will not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. His heart is established. He will not be afraid until he sees his desire upon his enemies. He is dispersed abroad. He is given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. His horn will be exalted with honor. The wicked will see it and be grieved. He will gnash his teeth and melt away. The desire of the wicked shall perish. Then looking in the book of Romans in the New Testament, Romans chapter 12, beginning at verse 1. Again, Romans chapter 12, starting at verse 1. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. For I say through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. Verses 1 through 3, Romans chapter 12. Father, we thank you once again for your word, the power in your word. Thank you for the supernatural wisdom, grace, and strength that's found in your word. Thank you for the ways that every day as we spend time reading and meditating on your word, we're transformed to become more and more like our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We're being molded and shaped to be the warriors and the disciples you've called us to be. And we're drawing closer to you and growing stronger in you with every passing day. Father, more and more, anoint us afresh with the spirit of grace that would cause us to have a a growing hunger for your word more and more and empower us all to become much more faithful hearers and doers of your word. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Thank you again for listening to the Hour of Intercession. Rick Robertson is our producer. He is going to lead us in a word of prayer at this time. Father, we're so thankful for your willingness to speak to us through your word. We're thankful for your son, the word who became flesh and dwelt among us was there at the very beginning of this earth. God, we thank you that you show us so much mercy that we wake up to, to new mercies every day. And we say uh, with your scripture, great is your faithfulness to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, Ray. Thank you again for being a part of our listening family. Today we're looking at the topic, the supernatural wisdom of the Word of God. Again, the supernatural wisdom of of the Word of God. And, you know, something that's powerful to consider in God's Word is that there's so many ways in which we as believers are called to, to put
put the Word of God to use in our lives, yet at the same time, every use has great blessing behind it, has great grace behind it, great encouragement behind it as well. And it's very important for us as believers to make it a goal to always be growing in our knowledge of just what the Word of God is, what it does in us and through us, and how it works in our lives, and how the, the Spirit of God reaches through His Word to minister to us and accomplish God's perfect will. So again, as we began, we were reading, again, both from the book of Psalms, Psalm 112, and then Romans chapter 12. I want to read verses 1 through 3 one more time, and I want you to listen to what it says, because amongst other things, God's Word is telling us how the Word of God affects us in wonderful ways. Romans 12, verses 1 to 3. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. For I say through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. And so, you know, amongst other things, God's Word is has the transforming power to transform us from the inside out as believers. It's important that we understand that the Word of God is Jesus, and Jesus is the Word of God. The Word of God contains the wisdom, the counsel, the power of God. In other words, God's, God is His Word, and the Word of God is God. And so, it's important to know that when we're spending time reading and meditating on God's powerful Word, many important things are happening. Amongst other things, you and I are spending time one-on-one with Jesus. And remember this too, the Word of God and the Holy Spirit are wonderfully connected and work wonderfully cooperatively in our lives. When you're reading the Word of God, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit is ministering to you. He's ministering understanding, grace, and encouragement, and power into your mind and your life as well. So, The Holy Spirit is working wonderfully with you and in you as you read and meditate on the Word of God. And, of course, when when the Word of God is speaking to you, Jesus is speaking to you, and the Holy Spirit are all speaking to you, and they're ministering to you all at the same time. Remember, God's Word ministers to your mind, body, and spirit. And one of the reasons why it's helpful to point out that God's Word contains supernatural wisdom, well, remember this, the Word of God is the will of God. And the Word of God is the wisdom of God as well. And the fact is, when we're reading and meditating on God's Word, we're receiving eternal insight and wisdom that's going to bless us and help us as we hear it and apply it. Now, remember this, a very important truth to always be mindful of is that every believer is called to be a student of Scripture. But as we learn the Word of God, our goal is to always apply what we learn. Remember, truth is always meant to be applied. We're not to learn truth just for the sake of saying, well, I've learned a new truth today, and that's a wonderful truth to know. Well, yes, it is. But God desires that we make it our goal to apply absolutely everything we learn from God's Word. We're not learning just to say we've academically taken in more knowledge. We're learning it in order to put it to work. And remember, the supernatural blessing behind hearing God's Word and obeying God's Word. Understand this. Every act of obedience is followed by an outpouring of God's grace into your life. So if you want God's grace to pour into your life in much greater measure, you and I are wise to live a life full of obedience. 
because again, obedience causes the grace of God to pour into our lives in much greater measure. So the supernatural book that we call the Bible, the Word of God, again, every day we should be diligent students of God's precious and powerful Word. Father, thank you, Lord, for the opportunity you give us of being able to hear your Word and obey your Word every day. Thank you, Lord, for the fact that as we're reading your word, your wonderful Holy Spirit is working on us, molding and shaping us to become more like Jesus. But also he's helping us, teaching us and tutoring us about how to take the truths we're learning and apply them in our lives and apply them in the world that we live in. Stir us more and more, Father, to fall more and more and more in love with you and with your word and stir us to become much more faithful hearers and doers of your word as well. We thank you. We praise you in Jesus' name. We do pray. Amen. I'm going to take a moment now specifically to read a, an article entitled A Lifelong Student in the School of Faith. And once again, please email us to get a copy of this article. Again, A Lifelong Student in the School of Faith. Hebrews 11, verse 1. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Then Hebrews eleven six, And without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Again, Hebrews eleven six. Then Romans 1, 17. For it is in the righteousness of God, excuse me, for in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. Again, Romans 1, 17. Is the word of God true? Of course it's true. It's the word of God and his word is truth. And God's word all and, and excuse me, and God always keeps his word. Well, if the word of God is true, and we're called to believe that it's true, we're called also to act, act like it's true, and live a life acting on the truths we learn. Why would this be? Well, this is true because living a life of faith is to hear the word of God so we can believe and live like it's true. Faith follows the word of God because faith trusts and obeys. Faith spells out very clearly that walking in faith is tremendously important to everything in the Christian life. The Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, And without faith it is impossible to please him, for whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Again, Hebrews eleven six. So it is impossible to please God without faith. Romans 1, 17, as well as other passages, tell us, for it is written, excuse me, for, for in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. Again, Romans 1, 17. So we see we're commanded to live by faith. So in view of the truth that without faith we cannot please God, and by his command the just shall live by faith, we need to clearly understand a very important truth. Faith and living by it are extremely important for all believers everywhere under all circumstances. So every believer would be wise to decide to become a lifelong student of faith. In other words, we would be wise to continually seek to build our faith and to continually learn more about faith and how to put it to work in our lives and in our world. Romans 12 verse 3 tells us, For the word of God lets us know that every believer has some faith. And this scripture lets us know that know about that important truth. For I say, through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, 
as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. So every believer has a measure of faith, yet we're wise to understand that our faith can grow and increase according to the Word of God. And it should continually be a goal for all believers to grow and develop our faith to become stronger and stronger. Romans 10, 17 tells us how faith grows and when it develops, it says, so faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of God. So then a believer can grow and increase his or her faith by reading, studying, and meditating on the word of God. Faith is trust and belief that the Bible, the word of God, is true. And we live, and as we live a life of faith and we trust the Word of God and live a lifestyle of acting on the Word of God, that's how we live a life pleasing to God. For good news came to us just as to them, but the message they heard did not benefit them because they were not, uni- because they were not united by faith with those who listened. Hebrews 4, 2. Keep in mind that living a life of faith is a life in which you need to know how to turn the switch of faith on in your life. In other words, it's important to know how to activate and focus your faith and use it to overcome in any given circumstance or challenge in life. In the challenges we face every day in our lives, whether we win or lose a battle is directly dependent on putting our faith to work. Knowing how to use and apply our faith makes all the difference in the world. 1 John 5, verse 4 tells us, For whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. If we want to live a victorious Christian life, we need to put our faith to work in our lives every day of our lives. This is how we live a life that pleases God and that builds the kingdom of God. Read and meditate on the Word of God every day. Learn to stand on the promises of God's Word every day. Grow in your understanding that God and His Word can be trusted. We'll pick up on the other side as we're reading this article entitled, A Lifelong Student in the School of Faith. We'll be right back. Is anyone able to break the seal and all? 
Peterson with Is He Worthy? Thanks for listening to the Hour of Intercession here on American Family Radio. Today we're looking at the topic, the supernatural wisdom of the Word of God. And we were sharing from an article that we're encouraging you to email us. Once again, my email, joseph at afr.net. If you'd like to get a copy of it, we'd encourage you to email us to get it. Again, the title of the article is A Lifelong Student in the School of Faith. So then a believer can grow and increase in his or her faith by reading, studying, and meditating on the Word of God consistently. Faith is trust and belief that the Bible, the Word of God, is true. And we, and we live a life of faith as we trust the Word of God and live a lifestyle of acting on the Word of God. For good news came to us just as to them, but the message they heard did not benefit them because they were not united by faith with those who listened. Again, that was Hebrews chapter 4, verse 2. Let me read that one more time. Again, Hebrews 4, 2. For good news came to us just as to them, but the message they heard did not benefit them because they were not united by faith with those who listened. Keep in mind that living a life of faith is a life in which you need to know how to turn the switch of faith on in your life. In other words, it's important to know how to activate and focus your faith and use it to overcome in any given circumstance. In the challenges we face every day in our lives, whether we win or lose a battle is dependent on putting your faith to work. Knowing how to use and apply your faith makes all the difference in the world. 1 John verse 5, chapter 5, verse 4 tells us, For whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world our faith. If we want to live a victorious Christian life, we need to put our faith to work in our lives every day of our lives. This is how we live a life that pleases God and that builds the kingdom of God. Read and meditate on the Word of God every day. Learn to stand on the promises of God's Word. Grow in your understanding that God and His Word can be trusted. You and I are wise to decide to be students in the school of faith who learn more and more about how to use our faith. Why? Because one of our goals is to grow in our knowledge of how to live a life that pleases and honors God. And this is a life of faith and trust in Him. 2 Peter 3, verse 18 tells us, But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To Him be the glory both now and and to the day of eternity. Amen. Again, 2 Peter 3, Chapter 3, verse 18. Let's be lifelong students who never graduate from the school of faith. Let's keep learning and growing in knowledge, in faith and knowledge of Him. And remember, without faith, it's impossible to please Him. Again, the title of the article, A Lifelong Student in the School of Faith. And if you'd like to get a copy, simply email us. Again, the email is joseph at afr.net. Again, that's joseph at afr.net. Well, keep in mind, as we're looking today specifically at the topic, the supernatural wisdom of the Word of God. Remember this, the Word of God lets us know everything God does is eternal. 
And when you and I hear the Word of God and obey the Word of God, we step into the eternal purposes of God. And thus, we also step into the eternal power behind God's Word as well. And, you know, it's powerful to consider this, that when we obey, again, as I mentioned, when we obey, we step into the eternal purposes of God, and something wonderful and supernatural happens. God's will is accomplished in the world. God reaches through us to accomplish something that has eternal results. So keep in mind, there's great fruit in obedience. So when we read the Word of God and obey the Word of God, remember, the Word of God is the will of God. And so if we want to do the will of God in the earth, our job is to hear God's Word and obey it. And it's also powerful to consider this, that when you and I obey, a chain reaction of grace begins to happen and work in the world. I want you to look with me in the book of Genesis chapter 12, and it, it's a powerful and a wonderful illustration, a story and a powerful Bible a character that you and I hear much about on a regular basis uh, when we look specifically at Abraham. This is Genesis chapter 12, starting at verse 1. Now the Lord had said to Abram, Get out of your country, from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken to him, and Lot went with him. And Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. Then Abram took Sarai his wife and Lot his brother's son and all their possessions that they had gathered and the people whom they had acquired in Haran. And they departed to go to the land of Canaan. So they came to the land of Canaan. Abram passed through the land to the place of Shechem as far as the terebinth tree of Moreh. And the Canaanites were then in the land. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, to your descendants I will give this land. And there he built an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. And he moved from there to the mountain east of Bethel. And he pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. There he built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. So Abram journeyed, going on still toward the south. Verses 1 through 9, Genesis chapter 12. Now keep in mind, Abram heard the word of God. God spoke to him, told him to pack up and move he and his family to where the place God would show him. And Abram, Abram, of course, his name at this point was Abram, but eventually became Abraham. But he picked up and moved his family in obedience to God. And God showed him the promised land and let him know that it would be his and his descendants. Now, keep in mind, Abraham obeyed and he moved there and he had the son, his son of promise, Isaac, and Isaac had Jacob, and Jacob had 12 sons. And of course, today, the Jewish people all over the world trace their ancestry back to Abraham. Now, keep in mind, Abraham didn't fully know all the results that would happen when he packed up and obeyed God and moved to the promised land. Yet to this day, all of Abraham's descendants have been and continue to be blessed because of his obedience. All the Jewish people all over the world to this day are blessed because of Abraham's obedience. And the world as a whole have been greatly blessed because of Abraham's obedience. So keep in mind, because Abraham obeyed, he stepped into the eternal purposes of God. And 
many chain reactions of grace began to go into, go into effect. And to this day, this world is still being blessed by Abraham's obedience. Now, you might think to yourself, well, that's uh, great about Abraham. He's a great man of God, great servant of the Lord, a great Bible character. But what does that have to do with you and me? Well, keep in mind, the same God that called Abraham to obey, he calls you and I to obey as well. And keep in mind, every believer has a calling and or many callings upon their lives. And our job is to hear the word of God, hear the spirit of God speak to us, and to follow out the callings God has placed upon our lives. And as we obey God, we too can become a blessing to the world. Now, sometimes some hearing that may react, well, I mean, that's good and fine for Abraham, but I don't see how in the world God could use me to bless the world. Well, keep in mind, that's God's business. Your and my job is to obey because you, you and I, in fact, are a unique gift to the body of Christ and a gift to the world. That's the nature of how God makes all of his children. We're all gifts to the world, and God can reach through us and bless the world in a similar way to the way he blessed the world through Abraham. Now, don't get all caught up in thinking, well, I don't see how God can use me to bless the world like he did Abraham. Remember, that's God's business. Your and my business is to obey. Because remember, when we obey God, we step into the eternal purposes of God, and it's God's business how he uses our obedience. But without question, he will use your obedience wonderfully and mightily. And remember this, There are ways in which your obedience can bless people, obviously, in your own home and in your own family. But remember, our Heavenly Father is a supernatural God. He's the creator of the universe. God can do whatever he chooses to do. And so if God wants to bless the world through you, remember, that's his business. And he'll do it as he so chooses to do that as well. You and I don't fully understand how powerfully important obedience is. But obedience allows the the perfect will of God to go forth and the eternal purposes of God to be accomplished in the world. And as just like it did in Abraham's life, our obedience can can basically start a chain reaction of grace that blesses blesses the world in ways you and I may not comprehend. But keep in mind, don't get caught up in trying to understand it because there are many things that you won't understand in your lifetime. But the reality is, the obedience of believers down through the centuries has blessed the world's world in many ways, and many of the blessings the world has experienced last far beyond the lifetime of the individual. So what's important is you and I are committed to simply obeying God because how he uses and all the harvests he receives for his kingdom through your obedience, that's his business, and God is going to do what he does. God is going to accomplish his eternal purposes. But your job and my job is to simply say, yes, Lord, to obey whatever he calls you to do. Well, what are some of the things God calls us to do? Well, you know, there are many things God calls us to do. One of the reasons why you and I are to be diligent students of Scripture is, as Psalm 119 verse 105 tells us, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Amongst other things, God's word is a guidebook for life. It helps us to discern God's will in our lives and carry it out. Remember, The Word of God is the will of God. So when you read God's Word and choose to obey it, God is going to use that. Now, again, don't be caught up in trying to fully see how all the ways God will use your obedience. Don't let that worry you at all. That's God's business. But without question, 
he tremendously uses obedience on the part of his children. On the other hand, disobedience causes loss. Disobedience always leads to loss no matter what. And, you know, sadly, uh, as believers, sometimes, to be very honest, sometimes we do things we might think, well, I'll ask God to forgive me tomorrow or I'll ask God, I'll tell him I'm sorry and I'll confess it and ask him to repent and I'll repent and I'll ask him to forgive me tomorrow or whatever. Well, you know, that's never wise because God is a merciful Heavenly Father, but we shouldn't presume upon the grace and the goodness of God. But also the fact is, disobedience always leads to loss. So you would have been better off obeying rather than sinning and and experiencing loss in some capacity because, again, there will be loss. You know, I think of this King David was a great servant of God, a great man of God, and and did many great things in the kingdom of God. Yet at the same time, David made some big mistakes in his life. And, you know, we all do make some big ones. But David disobeyed. He uh, committed adultery and ended up committing murder as well. Well, God forgave David for those sins. But the fact is, huge consequences greatly affected his family. David ended up having three sons to die as a direct result of his disobedience. Great havoc was dealt upon his, his family and actually his kingdom as well. So disobedience, again, always leads to loss. So one should never think, well, I'll just do wrong and ask God to forgive me tomorrow. That's not a wise way to live. The wise way is to choose to obey God in every circumstance because God will always bless it. And remember, every act of obedience is followed by supernaturally by an outpouring of God's grace. And every act of obedience is followed by a chain reaction of grace that will bless the world in ways you and I won't comprehend. So what's important for us is to choose to live a lifestyle of obedience. Father, thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for the opportunity for us to read your word and to live your word. Help us to grow in our understanding and help us to be diligent about reading your word, listening for the commands and choosing to obey them, knowing this, that every obedience that we carry out is going to bless us and our families and the world around us as well. Help us, Lord, to better understand that obedience to your word goes far beyond our understanding. Obedience to your word causes many chain reactions of grace that will bless the world. Obedience to your word is simply just, that's to be the business of us as believers and as your church. Lord, anoint us afresh with the spirit of obedience. Help us to be a people that are fully committed and passionate about hearing your word and living your word and obeying your word. We thank you. We praise you. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. You're listening to the Hour of Intercession as we're today looking at the topic, the supernatural wisdom of the Word of God. We'll be right back.
Music from the group Mosaic. Song simply entitled Tremble. Thanks for listening to the Hour of Intercession here on American Family Radio. We're looking today at the topic, the supernatural wisdom of the Word of God. And you know, again, Psalm 119 verse 105 tells us, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. How critically important it is that we as believers remember that the Bible, the Word of God, is authored by our Heavenly Father, the creator of the universe. And the wisdom in the Word of God is eternal wisdom that to a great extent, there's, and keep in mind, yes, there's much of God's Word that we can grasp and understand, and that's a wonderful thing. But the reality is there's supernatural wisdom in the Word of God that you and I will spend all eternity learning about because God's Word is much deeper and more powerful and has much more wisdom than any of us fully comprehend so the fact is, you and I are wise to be diligent students of the Word of God, and you're, we'll never get to the bottom of God's Word. In this lifetime, we only scratch the surface of the wisdom of God found in His Word. But also keep in mind, when we choose to obey the Word of God and the Spirit of God, we step into the eternal purposes of God. You know, one, one more reason why, and I think of this, you know, this time of year, many of us will attend graduation ceremonies and hear inspiring speeches and but, you know, one thing that is true is too often, in my experience, has been many times the pe- this people doing the speeches at the graduation ceremony, too often they leave out God. But keep in mind a very important truth for us to recognize that in our life, you and I are not supposed to decide on our calling in life and what our purpose, what we're supposed to be doing. That's supposed to be God's decision because God designed us and made us and knows exactly what our purpose is, and what we're called by Him to do. And so to leave God out of the equation is foolishness on top of foolishness. (laughs) The reality is the wisest thing in the world is for us to fully place our hearts and our lives in God's hands and say, God, show me what you want me to do, because that's how you fulfill your God-ordained purpose, the eternal purpose God ordained for you in this life. So remember, reading the Word of God is a wonderful way to help us step into God's eternal purpose for our lives and to walk in His eternal wisdom. In the book of Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 28, it contains what we refer to as the Great Commission. Matthew 28, beginning at verse 16, it tells us these words. Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee, to the mountain which Jesus had appointed for them. When they saw Him, they worshipped Him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. Verses 16 through 20. Now keep in mind, again, we continue to make the point that when we obey God, we step into the eternal purposes of God. And something supernatural happens when we choose to obey God. Now, sometimes you might think obedience doesn't look particularly supernatural to you. Well, that's beside the point. Something supernatural will happen because when we hear God's word and obey it, we're simply allowing the will of God to be done in the world. And the will of God always has eternal consequences behind it. So we have the privilege of stepping into the eternal purposes of God. And so as believers... We're to be diligent students of God's Word who read it and seek to apply it. And amongst other things, clearly 
Every believer is called to be involved in the wonderful work of evangelism and discipleship. All of us as individual believers, we're to be a, making make it a part of our life and lifestyle to be involved in evangelism and discipleship on an ongoing basis. Now, if you say to yourself, well, you know, I don't really see that happening in our church or in my community. I don't see many believers doing that. We know that's tragic, but that's beside the point. When God says something, he means it. Now, whether believers choose to obey it or not, that's up to them. But the reality is we can't afford to take our cues from our culture and what we see around us. We're to listen to what God's word has said and obey it. If you're the only person in your church that, that's heavily involved in evangelism and discipleship, well, God will just bless and use you uniquely. But hopefully the Spirit of God is going to, the, the, the Holy Spirit burning upon you is going to catch fire on some of the other members as well because we're all supposed to be involved in doing it. How do we know that? God's Word says so. Go into all the world and make disciples. That's a commission to every believer all over the world, no matter what culture or nation we live in, this is a part of what we're called to do. So the supernatural wisdom of God's Word lets us know, yes, we're to be involved in doing it, and the Holy Spirit will reach through us to get God's work done as we simply obey what He's told us to do. Parents, when we diligently seek to share the gospel with our own children and disciple them as well, yes, the Holy Spirit will use us to do wonderful things that have eternal fruit behind it. Again, the supernatural wisdom of God's Word is found in all of the Word of God. Our job is to hear it and obey it. So remember, don't take your cues from those around you. Take your cues and guidance and counsel from the Word of God because, again, God can very well use you to stir those around you and your church family to begin to do what we, He's clearly called us all to do. We see so many challenges and problems going on in the world, especially as it relates to our young people. And many of you know we've talked a lot about our Ten Commandments project that's a youth discipleship project. Well, again, it's about discipleship. Well, keep in mind, remember, this is not just a nice thing, a Sunday school project to be involved in. It helps us to obey. A tool like the Ten Commandments project helps us to obey what God has called us all, we in the church, to do, make disciples. And, you know, many people are wondering with some of the big challenges amongst youth and we see so many young people involved in witchcraft, and so many are uh, involved in playing all sorts of dark video games, and uh, we see young people killing young people. We see problems of suicide and bullying, and many would see all these challenges with our and amongst our children and ask, what in the world is the answer? We know it's important for us as believers to remember this. The answer is the same answer that it's always been. The answer is Jesus. The answer is sharing the gospel. The answer is making disciples and helping them to come to know Christ and to grow up in Christ because there's nothing our children need more than Jesus and his powerful word because that's the answer to all the challenges and the troubles and the difficulties our children are facing. And so what should the church do? The church should simply do what God has called us to do and step into the eternal wisdom and obedience of God. Go into the world and make disciples. All so many children that we see that seem to be in so many ways running wild, they just need Jesus. And we're, we as the church have the answer. It's not some wild formula that somebody's going to think up or some wild idea that no one has ever mentioned. 
It's the same answer that it's always been. It's Jesus, sharing Jesus Christ with a world that desperately needs to hear and obey. So our job as believers is to do what God would have us to do right where he's placed us. And we're to go where he calls us to go, but simply carrying out the Great Commission. And, you know, as you and I walk with God, as we spend time with God in his word and in prayer, more and more God will help us to discern our specific call and callings. But keep in mind, one of the great callings for every believer is the Great Commission. So if you're wondering, should I be involved in giving out gospel tracts and sharing my testimony and uh, inviting people to my church? Without question, all of us are involved are to be involved in doing that. That's that's clearly a very foundational part of what we're all called to do. But as we obey the things we know God's Word has clearly told us, more and more God will help us to more specifically discern what other things He would have us to be about as well. But keeping in mind, keeping our priorities according to the God's Word is so, so critical to everything. Father, thank you for the opportunity you give us of being able to open your Word every day and read the supernatural wisdom found in your Word. Read it, hear it, and walk in its wisdom. Lord, more and more help us to know, Lord, that you've laid out your will and the things you've called us as the church to do, and you've let us know that our our job is simply to be about your business every day. Help us as individual believers and as the church as a whole to understand the need for us to passionately, by the power of your Spirit, to be about the work of sharing the gospel and making disciples and reaching out to our young people as well as to other adults as well, because, again, we know that the answer really is Jesus Christ and carrying out that important answer. Lord, help us to be committed to hearing the supernatural wisdom of your word, which gives us guidance, and your word has the answer to every problem, every challenge, every difficulty we face in the world as individuals, as families, as states, as nations, and as the world. Your word contains every answer and every challenge in in direct statement or in principle. You have all the answers stated clearly and powerfully in your word. Help us, Lord, to be hearers and doers. Help us to understand, Lord, that you have work for each of us to do today, right now, and our job is to hear your word and obey it where you placed us. Thank you for the opportunity to be vessels and instruments in your hand to bring the solutions to all the world's problems and challenges. And thank you, Lord, for the fact that you, Jesus, are the answer to all of these challenges. We thank you and praise you for the opportunity to be a part of the solution as as we simply hear your word and obey your word and walk in the supernatural wisdom of your word. We thank and praise you. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening to the Hour of Intercession, as we usually do before we end the broadcast. If you are listening today and you have never made the step, the eternally important step of inviting Jesus Christ to come into your heart to be the Lord and Savior of your life, if you're not saved or you have no idea where you stand with God, then today is a good day to open your heart and life and invite Jesus Christ to come into your heart to be the Lord and Savior of your life. Today is a good day to ask him to save you and make you brand new. If you'd like to make that step, would you simply pray this prayer with me even now? Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me so, so much that you a long time ago came into the world. You lived. 
You died on the cross to pay for all the sins and wrong things I did. Three days later, you rose up from the dead so that I could be saved. Lord, I confess. Lord, I've sinned and done wrong in many, many ways. Lord, I repent and turn from all the wrong I've done. Forgive me, Lord, for all the wrong things I've done. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Be the Lord and Savior of my life. In your word, you told us whoever calls in the name of the Lord shall be saved. Lord, today, I'm calling on your name. Lord, save me. Fill me with your spirit. Help me to follow you all the rest of my life. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Well, if you prayed that prayer, we very much want to be in touch with you. My email, once again, is joseph at afr.net. Again, that's joseph at afr.net. Please email us. We'd like to share with you some literature and some information that will help you begin to grow and grow strong in your new walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. So please email us again, joseph at afr.net. We'd like to get that those resources to you again, joseph at afr.net. If you'd like to get a copy of the article that we shared, a lifelong student in the School of Faith, same email, joseph at afr.net. We'll be glad to get it to you again, joseph at afa, excuse me, joseph at afr.net. Thanks for listening. Join us again next time for the Hour of Intercession. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast do not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.